This is CliffCentral.com. Hello there. Welcome to Opinion Booth. My name is Sonia Booth, and my guest for today, Sirame Siditi. And the title, My Truth. Sirame is a singer, songwriter, and founder and chairperson of Siditi Entertainment, an independent record label. First things first, Sirame, welcome to Opinion Booth. Thank you so much for having me. Why do you label yourself an illiterate? Um, I, I don't label myself that. People label people that way, but I don't behave under uh, that uh, command of if you didn't go to school, um, you don't qualify to be a member of a society that is wise or brightened. I don't know if it's illuminated society. Because hmm. I mean, I, I, when, remember yesterday you sent me a, a few voice notes um, yes. about your, you know, about yourself, your profile and your bio, yes. and you started off by saying I'm an illiterate, and I thought, geez, you're being harsh on yourself. <laughs> I mean, no, not really. You know, when I say that, is the fact that I wanna, I wanna, um, alert people about who I am. I, 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 the last time I was in school class was in 1997. I was 13 years old, so everything uh, I know, I learned it from the streets, which. Parts of the streets is actually prison where I grow up uh, some of my part of my t- my life, so it's 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 really something that I don't really like labeling myself that way. But I want people to know that I'm not just some guy who came out of space. I actually I learned what I learned from the streets. And also just so that you put it out there, so that people don't have any you know um, ideas about you, um, because there's a saying that if you make fun of yourself in a way, then it kind of like prevents people from making fun of you? Yeah, it's like when a fat person or whoever, the obese person says, I'm fat, I know it. Yes. <laughs> you know, and then you can't come and pull off jokes that has to do with obesity. It doesn't work. But with me, it's really not just about that. But just to say, you know what, even us, people like me, we are part of this world. We can still do amazing things just as you can, and maybe more than you can <laughs> if you rely on that alone. Because I always tell people that my talent is from God. So... The God that gave everybody with the talent in this world is the same one that gave mine, you know, to me. So I have to respect it as much as other people respect theirs. So I cannot say so-and-so and so is better than me, but they got the same talent from God that gave me what I have, you know. So I just want to say, you, you are part of us. Just don't think because we never lasted 13 or 15 years in school, we can't actually be part of this world. We are. I love your outlook. It's a positive outlook on life. Oh, so, thank you. <laughs> so, Sirname means cold or cold weather in South Sutu. Yes. I take it you were born on the coldest day, especially considering the snowy days in Lesotho. Yeah, I was born in 1984, 20 April. So, those were like ice ages. <laughs> so, um, actually, the name came up... Um, from my grand, my great grandfather, my mother moved from Soweto with her grand, her grandfather. She went to Lesotho, and then that's where I was born. So, my mother named me Paseka because of April, and then my grandfather named me Serame. So, they actually took that name because it was it was coming from a great man, you know, Mister Mutsamai Siditi. They are famous this side. They are South Africans, but I was born there. So if you Google any city, they are here. They are even school. There's a school in Free State named after city. One Beautiful. of our Beautiful. <laughs> what an honor. Yeah. And, I, and something funny happened. I was there. They were opening a race for the kids there. And I was the only city. They were the singer city. So I was not a politician. So I was like, I'm the only city. Can I cut with you? They're like, no, no, no. 
No, no, the MEC has to do that, not you. (laughs) Okay, it's okay. So you headed livestock. Tell me about that young Cerami. Okay, it started off, I think, in 1990. I think I was six, if I'm not mistaken. I think I was six. Uh, My mother took me to a place called Simonko. If you've seen my video, um, actually, I shot that where I had my first job. So um, it was it was it was something I didn't want. But at the end of the day, you you end up falling in love with this thing. I was like, okay, the life here is better than where I come from. But you were young. I mean, I was six. So when you're that young, you don't really care. You adapt to anything that you're actually exposed to. So I I, I became a shepherd there, and there would be times when you know when you when you you have a relationship with this cow. Like, ish, this cow is, there was one called Tape. And then they took it to a place where they auctioned them. I was so angry. I was so angry to a point whereby actually I didn't speak to people after a long time, for a long time because of that thing only. Because you build a relationship with these cows. And then that's where actually I started singing. I was very young. I didn't even know what I was doing. So being there with them, they will say moo and I have to put lyrics to the moos. <laughs> so, but I started with the, what do you call them? No, I can't say goats. Yeah, it was goats and sheeps. Do we call them like that? Cause yes, they, I'm yes. very, I'm very bad with English. So they, we started with that because I was young, and then when I get older, I, that's when I started doing the cows and the horses and the donkeys. And then I, 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 I didn't even know, but I landed there that uh, actually, when you fall from a donkey, it's far dangerous than falling from a horse. <laughs> I don't know why. The, the injuries, the, the you, injuries that actually, you pick up. yeah, that you pick up from 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 the fall. So those are some of the things that I learned from there. But that's where the relationship of music came about. But it was not really something that I was serious about. And, and then in 1994, we opened a group. I don't remember the name. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to get there. I'm <laughs> okay. going to get there. You, you are way too quick for me. <laughs> I'm okay. still wanting to get to know the young Sarami. The young Sarami. Remember. Okay. Yeah. So at the age of 12, you moved to Tamanchu. Yes. Which is in South Africa. Yes. What led to this move? I was actually here for, for, for being a shepherd. It was like my first international job, if I may put it like that. So uh, I was here to work for three families instead of one that I was working for in Lesotho. So I was earning like three, I was earning 100 rand a month for a family. So it was 300 when I came to South Africa. So when I came this site, uh, things were different. There were no, there were no kids looking after cows or kettles in the, in the fields. Everybody were in school and, you know, everybody were, were just going about their life. And I was the only young person there. Then I decided, no, man, this can't go on. Then my mother always, whenever there's something wrong, I've done. Whenever there's something wrong, I've done. She always say, yeah, 1042, that's where I come from. This is not my home. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that rang the bell when I got to South Africa. Then I, I stayed, I think, a month. And then after that, I left the kills. Then I left. I went to my... So my grandmother's place, and then I found my aunts who are now no more. Um, it was, it was, it was then I, I decided to stay here. My mother came, came here looking for me, and then she found me, and then we stayed here. But there were some hiccups in the family because my mother eventually was not really, um, supposed to be known as the child of my grandmother because she, my mother, my grandmother had her when she was young. So it was, she was like a secret. So my, my grandmother's second born was known as a firstborn. Because of that, then my mother moved to Lesotho in the seventies, and then that's how I was born. So the part of the the the, the, the choir started before ninety six. It was ninety four, where this guy was actually the only person who was wearing 
a uniform and we just wear casual clothes because he was cheating us. And I decided, no, I'm not going to sing in a group anymore. <laughs> I want to I, I want to talk about your mother yeah. because you were just 15 years of age when she passed away. When yeah. she passed away, and yeah. she was only 34. Yeah, she was 34 years. Very young. Yeah, very young. You also lost your sister, who died in a car crash yes. at the age of two. Yes. A toddler. Yes. And you said she was buried by prisoners. Yes. Can you please elaborate? My mother was kicked out of her home when she had me, and. That led to her being on her own in a country where she does not even have any other family members. And so that's, that's what led um, the prisoners to bury my sister because my mother couldn't afford to bury her. So that's how, that's, 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 that's the, the painful thing that my mother had to bear. And I, I was not even there for her funeral. So all my siblings, I did not be actually get a chance to bury them. The only person I got to bury was my mother and I don't know my father. So, it's, 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 it was those painful things, but I grew up into them because I was a child and I didn't understand what was happening. But the, in the, 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 the most painful thing was my younger sister because, um, I think it was 90 or 90, yeah, 90, I think, because she was born 88. Um, she, she followed her, my, my aunt, my, 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 my sister's cousin. And then they went to the shop. She followed, she thought this, the baby stayed in the house, but my sister followed her. And then she just heard people screaming in the background. And then when she turned, that's when another car coming, this one hit her on this side, on the right hand side, throw her on the left hand side. And when she turned, it was the time when the car was hitting the child from the left hand side. So that's how my, my younger sister passed away. And then my mother couldn't actually do anything and she was about i think she was about 23 24 when my younger sister passed away so she was still actually almost um like my age she was still young she couldn't handle it and then um what happened was we got kicked out out of my great-grandfather's house in 1988 after he passed away so those are other things that my mother couldn't even have a home or a place to bury the child so yeah but well those were the things that actually when people listen to my music will understand the pains that I went through from a childhood. And there was a point in my life when I was asking God, but God, why me? Why do I have to go through all these things? And it showed me that when you think you, 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 you had it strong, you don't know what lies ahead. Because now some people are calling me their role model when people didn't even want to do anything with me. Even my own family didn't want to do anything with me because I grew up in jail. I was this boy who was very, very mischievous and they never thought that maybe a change will come. But when you see yourself as something in life, people around you, they normally don't see the same way you do. But later on, then you say, I told you so. I mean, you were arrested at the age of 17. Yes. And then you escaped custody. Yes. Then you got rearrested. Yes. Was that for a different crime? Yeah, it was. The, it was for a different crime. Yes. So I believe it was <clears throat> for housebreaking and robbery. I the one that I escaped for from uh, was the housebreak and robbery, and then due to the lack of evidence, because the system has to prove in court, because in court we don't work with emotions, we work with facts. So the facts would not, we're against the law, <laughs> if I may put it like that. So, um, but they were threatening me with 15 years to 25 years in prison because I stole a lot of things there. And I decided, no, I cannot stand this place. I have to go. And you will find people with less crimes than yours getting higher sentences. So, I know I'm not going to stand for this Then I have to run So 
I, I escaped and we had guys that actually wanted to, to escape with me, but they were very, very scared when the time came and I took it and I ran. So escape life is very expensive. You don't, you, you can't make contact with people you know, you can't, you know, you can't even communicate with anybody. That's why whenever somebody escaped, you hear that they were arrested for another crime. And I got arrested too for another crime in the middle of that escape. And then it got withdrawn and then I got arrested. And then now the other one was actually, then they, they arrest me. When I get to prison, I changed my name. It was someone else. I was this other guy called Tabo. So I don't remember Tabo Mahale or something. Yeah, then I call myself that and the guys that I tried to escape with and they, they were scared, they tried to escape and they got arrested and then they told the cops that the guy is here with another name. So And then at some point you you were imprisoned for four years. You you spent a whole four years, right? Nah, actually it was it was like in between Bro- that. broken up. Yeah, broken up into that. But I started from two thousand and one to two thousand and five. So if you have connections, please help me because I want to shake the hands of Ndading on the Balfour. He was the person who signed for my release last time in 2005. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I really want to meet him. As, as, a, as a, a parole of some sort? It, it was, It was. I think it was like thousands and thousands and thousands of us who actually got I, I think I remember that, yes, actually. Yes, I was one of them. So th- there's, there's an incident while you were still in prison where you were beaten up by wardens and that's when you decided to change your life. Um, do, do you mind sharing that story? No problem, no problem. It's actually two incidents. I was, I was beaten in 2002. I was 18. I was beaten because I had chicken pox and then I wanted to be taken to the hospital so that I can actually be in a place where there's no sun. And somehow the, the, the warden didn't want to listen to me and then they beat me for that. And I was like, but this thing is growing. I can feel this thing. I was like, no. And then the other one was when my homeboy was fighting with this other guy from another town, from Batabelo, from Tabanjo. So this guy was fighting with this guy. And then the Batabelo guy came to me to ask for a padlock, and I didn't even know what was happening. And then I gave this guy the the padlock, and then he went and broke my homeboy's face. And then when when the wardens came, they came looking for Sarame, the person who actually gave the the the, the, the padlock to this person. That was the time in my life where I thought I was not, it was better not to be Sarami because those guys were very, very horrible. Yo, like old people beating you up for 40 to, I mean, 30 to 40 minutes, six of them at the same time. I remember there was one who was beating me, putting me on the floor and then just beat me just below my, my foot, like underneath my foot, like with batons, like two of them. It's like, ah, what have I done to these people? And then that thing actually poisoned me at that point only. It poisoned me. Um, I decided, you know what, I'm going to kill these people one by one because they cannot treat me this way. But I realized that if you kill these people, if you do anything to these people or their family members, you're going to actually end up in prison where you're going to be treated as terrorists because you killed one of their own. So it's not going to work. But the greatest change came when my, when, when, when my Brenda first died, when my Brenda first passed away in 2004 that's when i was 20 that's when i actually she said something that changed me she said um in order for you to be a person that you want to be you need to be your best friend don't rely on other people start with yourself and that's when i became my best friend and that's when i decided to make choices that benefit me more than they benefit anyone so you got a message personally from from brenda Fassi. no that's that's what they played one of so the, the uh, particular song no, they were playing, the, the, you know when somebody passed away, like the legendary person? Yes. Then they play the, the clips of, maybe she was winning an Asama or she I was, see, those I kind see. of clips. So when, when I heard that, he spoke to me than anybody in the world. And that, that's where my change, 
uh, the change in my life came about. And when I came out in 2005, I had no home. I had no family, I had no mom, no brother, no nothing because my younger brother passed away in 2004 and I was still in jail. I couldn't even bury him. And when, when, I, when I decided that when I get out, I'm going to make sure that I change. You know when you go from a nice pair of shoes to working in the construction site just to go by, you know, chasing this dream. But you know deep down you want to be a singer, but the way situation of life is, I mean, they gave me 35 bucks and they said, go home. Sure. And then I and decided. And you were just supposed to, I had to pick up home. where you had left off. And you know what? When, you, when you're renting, when you grow up renting, I grew up renting, even Lesotho is like, it's like that. It's a big culture. Um, when you grow up renting, when you go for three months, <laughs> Obviously, people are gonna break in, and whenever I come back from prison, either there's someone else who moved in because I was not there. So wherever I was renting, I was paying thirty bucks a month. It was not a lot of money, but I couldn't afford it. But I decided, you know what? Let me just try to find these construction jobs, and then they carried me. Wow, you know, I I I love how you made the decision to shift focus and improve your life uh, through your God-given talent um, that is music, because. Um, it's, 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 it's a no-brainer. Your, your talent is, is, is God-given. And like we say in Susutu, kineo, kineo yahao. You know, it's God-given. That's yeah. what it means really in, in, in South Sutu. So you started out, as you mentioned already, in a choir. Mm-hmm. And then you dabbled in Istratamiya, which is a very traditional, uh, Zulu <laughs> genre. So, so tell me about those days. <laughs> the funny thing is we were Sotho people and we don't know Zulu. <laughs> so exactly. And you, and you sing in Statamia, which is very, very, very Zulu. There was not even so, like we were saying, like I remember there was a song we like to sing. And then it goes to the part where you don't even know what we are saying. But I don't even know what we're saying. And I get here. Oh, or something. Oh, okay. It is your right. That's what the song means, right? right? It's your right. You know, I didn't even know. I didn't know. To us, it was something else. You know, there's there's a song. There's a song that I used to like when I was growing up. It's called... um, uh, Ntatele moraki, ntatele moraki bale, babitane kamela mubisiu, mele morari kebatsweti, kabuberi hauya tusanye mung, balea mulosa feling, kupancha kosioni. Hey, Balia, Balia, Balia. Hey, those, those were the days. Oh, wow. <laughs> those were the days. <laughs> that the voice, days. my word. That's where it all started for me. Oh, wow. You, you, I mean, you, you, you could sing all day <laughs> and I could just sit there and listen to you. Okay, moving along now because I'm, uh, I was starting to get a bit teary there because <laughs> your voice is but incredible. I'm so, so, so then. You go, you go on to enter talent uh, search competitions yes. and you won a couple of them. I mean, a lot of people who know the name Sarame Siditi, they know you from big um, singing competitions. I'm not going to mention them uh, by name, but I mean, we all know all these big singing competitions in South Africa. Yes. Well, I didn't really win them. I was not handsome enough growing up. <laughs> <laughs> 
So maybe well, this what shows. What handsome have to do with your voice? This shows they need a. Sang- I'm a very handsome person. I mean, if you if you look at the trend of who won when, who won when, it's either you have a six pack or you have a pretty face or you have some. So I didn't have any of that. So growing up, I was like this guy who was very shapeless, and I got there, my voice. Everybody has a shape. <laughs> then I had to grow into myself, you know. Music had to actually pay certain bills, you know, pay certain meals, so that at least I can fit into my body. Because this suit, if you if if I wore it back then, I, I, I'm gonna show you the picture I'm talking about. You're gonna see. It was gonna be like here. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. So um. And then, well, that's, 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 that's really, that's really Sarame and how he came about. And I mean, this, this uh, afforded you the opportunity to, to work with the likes of Brian Temba, who is super talented, just that's, like you. Oh RJ Benjamin, Press. Oh my gosh. And other artists. I work with uh, RJ Benjamin on this competition as a music coach. And yes. then he handpicked me for this other one, which we had. We were choirs, and he was the one that called me himself and said, Sarame, I want you on this show. We're going to back a top seven of this other show. And then from that show, he saw that this guy has a story, has a, has a talent. Let me just give him this opportunity. So that's how actually he and I worked. That's how I worked. And then Brian Temba is my role model. I can, I can speak all day about Brian. Brian is my brother. He's like, he's like the person that actually, when, when I look in South Africa vocally, I feel, of, I think of him because... When I started knowing about the man, I kind of like, ah, this guy can't be from here. This guy can't be from here. So the notes, everything that I learned, I actually associated with him. But ah, he's still there. Because he's got international flair. Yeah. yeah. Inter- international flair. Yeah. So you've also, I mean, talking about international, you've performed with international artists on world stages. Artists such as Selena Johnson. Yes. Oliver Mtukuzi, who's a legend. <laughs> yes. That is Timela. Yes, Monique Bingham, who's, I mean, she, she's a goddess, especially in the house music uh, genre. All for one, to name a few. Yes. That's an achievement. For me, for me, like, based on where I come from, it it sounds like it's a big deal. I mean, you perform. But it is. All for, all for one. But it is. It's a big deal. But for me, it's about where I want to go. I hear you. you. (laughs) I want to, the one thing that I said was, I want to see, I want to see my name on someone else's profile. You know, like I work with this guy, I shook hands with this guy, not just because of that, but so that that name can benefit people like me. Because I, I, I hustle so hard. I live, I lived my life like, oh my gosh. I, when I talk about myself, I, it's like I'm talking about someone else. I've seen so much and I've actually haven't lived. So that's why I don't celebrate, uh, victories yet because I want the, vic- I want the music to work for me because now I'm still working for music. You understand? So when I was celebrating, I'll actually even come home and say, Hey, you know what? This is the time now. Let's talk about that. And this don't forget and me this. when you, when, when you start celebrating, right? When no. you pop that bottle of no. champagne. I have your don't, number. Don't, don't forget me. You must call me so that we can <laughs> uh, pop that bottle but, together. But we're going to have a deal. Let's make a deal. You're going to have to bring Mr. Matthew with. No problem, no problem. Cool. But but let, I don't want to talk about Matthew now. It's my show. It's the opinion booth, Sonia booth, not not Matthew booth. So forget it. So forget about my husband. All right. The cool. focus is on me, but yes. more importantly on you. So you are a Susutu soul musician. Yes. Was it a deliberate attempt to sing most of your songs in your mother tongue as a way of uh, differentiating yourself? No. 
I'm, I'm not going to lie and say that, yes to that. No. Actually, when I came to Johannesburg last year, there's a gentleman called Papidi Red, but many people know him as Niva Sanchez. He actually, when I came here, I wanted to record and sing the songs that everybody hears on radio, the kind of music that everybody hears on radio, because I kind of thought that I need to be a star quick, quick, and pay certain bills quick, quick. But he said to, to me, dude, you are a Soto person, and you were born in Lesotho. So why don't you at least still do what you love, but make more music in your own language? Because if you mix it up too much, it's going to be more like a... You know, most they, when, when they say India Awards, what do they call it, this thing? Like where where you are not actually a certain category, but your album is all over the place. You have house, you have rock, you have what, what. So you need to at least have 80% or 60% of a certain type of music that can actually qualify you for a certain award. I see. Yes. So Sesotho was dominating because, I mean, there's not many people press sings in Sesotho, but here and there he mixes because he does R&B. So he took me from that press where I was actually maybe going to be sounding like press or other artists, but he said, listen, do something that nobody's doing now. I go, love that. Go to Africa. I don't know what he was saying by that, but I went there. Okay. So you founded your record label as yes. opposed to signing up with one of uh, many record companies. Why yes. is that? Two years after my release from jail, I registered a record company, CDT Entertainment, and I didn't even know what I was doing. I was just under the impression I'm going to have a company, I'm going to have a company. But as time goes on and learning about the industry, I kind of learned that in the age and time where we're at, it's not really important to get signed. It's when you want to be a superstar, which is something I don't want to be. If you want to be somebody who's going to be legendary you're going to have to earn your stripes in the industry you're going to have to suffer everything that many people actually don't think is happening because when you go through the front side of the restaurant it's very smelly and nice but when you go through the back it's very very stinky so when people are coming from the back are actually learning and taking longer to get into the industry you're just going to come in and going to be a superstar over a week it's the same way you're going to disappear because they know they're the one that put you there. So I always said, no, my career is not going to be a commodity for someone. It's very, it's very, very bad because I work for people. When I was working for those construction companies, when I bought a shoe, when I bought a pair of shoes, this person buys a house or a car. I'm like, but what is it that I'm doing wrong? Why do I work? And then this person does all this. So that's, those were the kind of things that made me say, you know what, work for yourself and convince people to support you. And we live in the country where we don't sell like Nigeria. You know, Nigeria sell like, they are, they are, I mean, gold. It's 500,000. Their platinum is 1 million. And in South Africa, you hear it's like 20,000. I mean, you can't take me. I mean, I can take myself. Maybe I can give myself like five months or a year to sell 20,000 CDs independently. But then in the record label, I have to sell that much and still get like 8% or whatever they're giving. Like, no, I'm done with that. I cannot give my people my talent. And then you're not going to use the songs you wrote. Your own stories, you can't sing them if you break in, you break the contract or something happens or you end the contract with them. So I'm like, ah. No, no, no. Especially when you hear of incidences. Um, I mean, yesterday Fifi Cooper was Oof, was, was uh, trending. Oh my gosh! And I mean, I I'm 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 not sure about the details of the contract that she signed with that entertainment company. Yeah. We're not going to mention yeah, their yeah. name because we're not here to pr- pr- yeah. to give them free publicity. <laughs> but I mean, it's 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 shocking because it seems like it's going to be very very difficult for her, um, because they. they the decision now by the court is that she's not allowed to perform any of her own songs, songs yes. that she's recorded. 
Yes. Which is very difficult. So the only way for her really is to go back into studio and record new material, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. That's true. Because the thing is, is like, is like, is like, if if this teacher was teaching you and they didn't like you, but you learned and learned and learned and learned, the education stays with you. So in the industry, the name stays with you. So you have a name. Forget about the songs. You have a name. And I think somewhere in the contract it might say for a longer period of this time from this time. Because you cannot own my songs. I'm appearing in Sambro as a writer of that song. You understand? But for a period of certain time or if there's a certain amount of money that needs to be recovered, then the contract will actually go back to the, the songs being owned by the person who actually, you know. Because I can perform a certain song with a guitar. That I did with a band, but their contract was saying you cannot even change them in any way. <laughs> so, so it just have to be specific on: is it going to be for how long? The period of time, maybe twenty years, thirty years? <laughs> because other people are very cruel. But I mean, how, how are you going to sing um, a song you sang when you were a teen twenty years later? I mean, it's not going to make sense. So, now I just don't know what what are the stipulations. But I didn't want those things to happen to me. You have labeled yourself a pioneer. And cultural entrepreneur. Hmm. What is a cultural entrepreneur? Me, I th- I was talking to my girlfriend the other day, saying, I walk. We walk into a store. This store is big. There's nothing of African fashion in there. So the only time we celebrate our heritage, is when we actually gonna dress up in certain traditional clothes and then we forget about them because we think we are modern people so me my language is the only thing that is cultural and i train i sell people my language because i i i i speak this i spoke this language ever since i was a child so for me being that entrepreneur who's cultural it's it come through my language my language is what i sell people because there's a song that i love it's called homo Tantate. And when, when I speak Sesotho in that song, people are like, what is Libuella? What is Telea? Uh-huh, you need to go to Lesotho. How, how, how does the song go? It goes like, Isali Badi Hapa, Ah, ah, ah. Wow. <laughs> Goosebumps again. <laughs> no, your, your voice is. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna. You're gonna. You're gonna mess up my makeup now. Oh my no! Ma- and the my, mascara, now. <laughs> my mascara is gonna be running. <laughs> Took forever. I saw. Running, running down my cheeks now. It's not, it's not a good look, believe me. And and it's not waterproof mascara, so stop it. <laughs> okay. No so, more. So, Sarami. You're welcome. You also recorded an eight-track EP. Yes. And shot a uh, professional music video, which I saw, and. Yes. Um, Tell me about why you chose three locations for w- w- that, that particular video. I'm from Lesotho, first of all, and I live in Bloemfontein. I started in Tabanchu when I came to South Africa. So the first opening scene that you see is actually Tabanchu. There's a mountain called Black Mountain. So that Black Mountain is the one that people will see when the video starts. And then it goes up to the hills of 
Lesotho and the mountains of Lesotho. Oh my goodness, I feel like under Dembeki, I have a dream. I can only ring. I'm an African. I am an African. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, um, this, 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 this song, this song, it, it was talking about the black society and how, how we living, how we are slaves in our own country, how we can't even eat, how kids sleep without food, how, how we're struggling, you know, and it's a question to God, but what have we done wrong to you, Almighty, for us to go through all this? And that time when I wrote the song, it was when they were killing people in, in America. You know, we're killing black people over stop signs, like, hey, you stop there like you know so that's when i said to but all over the world black please help black people all over the world so it portrays me when it starts there's there's a there's a young girl coming in no second verse there's a part where a young girl comes in carrying a child that's actually my mom carrying me when i was still a boy and then my grand-grandmother throw her away say leave 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 we don't want you here and then now i come to the scenarios and then look them as if i'm coming from the future and i look at well my mother there she get kicked away you know it was done by genius who fancy say is the person that did it oh it's gosh. a beautiful video I owe my life for that video that video is always oh, inspiring me. And it's titled, Can You Hear Me Calling? Can You Hear Me Calling? Yes. I love that track. Beautiful video. Kudos, you so kudos to you. What's his name? Offense. Offense. Yes, Offense Mwase. So you, you, you have a new album yes. titled Based on a True Story. Based on is a True Story. Is that your life in a nutshell? Like if I, if I, if I bought you, if I bought the album and I listened to it from the first track to the last track, would you say it would give me a glimpse of what Siramisi Didi has been through so far in his life thus far? Certain parts, but normally the stories in my album, it's not just my stories. It's the stories of every black child, every, you know, I always say to people, when you black boy, when you come from the township as a black boy, you have to have a certain thing that will actually link you with prison because that's how we grow up. And when you are a girl, you have to come from, you have to have a baby that has no father or something the way I grow up, you know. So all those things that I actually passed through, certain people in my life passed through, I actually incorporated them in there. There's a song called Obe. That one I talk about how people used to undermine me when I tell them, one day I'll be a singer that everybody knows. So I, I actually hide those things in the songs and you think, oh, he's talking about this, but I'm talking about this. So that's, that's, and my, my album is very intentional. It's not really one of those albums where I sing about same thing throughout the song. If I sing about love, I have a certain way of applying that. And if I sing about serious story, sometimes I get very carried away and get angry and I'm like, ah, I can't put this song on the album. No, no, no. Your, 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 your song, Obe, because remember yesterday I asked you, <laughs> what does Obe means? Obe is like, I don't know if, where, where you grew up, but where I grew up, there was a, there was a saying called Kokomatata. Like there's coke or something that is gonna scare you. So like it's a, like like a ghost. Yeah, like something bad. A scary creature. Yeah, it's like you you remember uh, King Shaka Shaka Zulu's uh, traditional healer. Remember how she used to look. So Obe is something that is associated with scary. So when they say bar hagere when barring a lele seka fariki Obe bampiza kama bizo hotle I talk about things that we grow up hearing. People scaring us. You look scary, man. You know, and then when people, when you scare your child, you say, that thing is going to come at night. So kids are afraid of me because I'm associated with that. That's that's what always about. But somewhere somehow in there, I talk about same people I grew up with saying, 
I have education, you don't have education, you'll not be anything in life and I will be something in life. Like, but no, but why? Life is not a competition. You can only compete with yourself. So that's why I hide those words in that song. But it's a fun song. You heard it. It's a beautiful, I mean, <laughs> there isn't a single song of yours that I've heard that I don't like. I mean, everything is, like I said, I could listen to you all day. <laughs> let's extend it. Let's make it two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wish, I wish. I'm, when my show gets extended to mm-hmm. more than an hour, you you are one of the first few people that I'm are going to come unplug, to the show. Unplugged, unplugged. Unplug. I would love yes. that. Actually. Okay, you owe me that. Yes, I owe you that. When, when you when you when your album is is out there, you you're going to come and do and 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 ser- serenade serenades me with you know a few a few tracks. So, did you work with other artists in in your album? In my album, the artists I work with. Um, they are the people that played the drums. They're like the, the players of the instruments and the BVs. Um, but I don't have a song. I have a song that I featured one artist from Bloemfontein by the name of Two Nice. He's a rapper. It's a song called Nkatamele on Remember, there's a song that I did that was the, uh, inspired by my stepson. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm <laughs> getting there. This one was inspired by her mother, uh-huh. by his mother. So. That one is the only one that I work with somebody on it. But all the songs that I did is just me. Because I kind of felt that I need to sell people me. You know, even that song that I'm with, that guy, it's a remix. So my whole album is me. Talking about your stepson. Yes. You wrote a song for him. Yes. Tomorrow is yours. Yes. Is the title. Yes. I remember the very first time you played it for me on your phone. <laughs> you insisted that I put earphones. Remember? Yes, yes, yes. I mean... I was teary. I don't know if you noticed. I didn't see. But I was, that's why I looked away as I was listening to the song. Remember, I turned my back to you, right? Yeah. And like I said, I mean, I've, I don't know how many times I've mentioned the word goosebumps in as, in as far as your music is, is concerned and your vocal ability as well. Um, and, and I played almost every day Mm. because remember you sent it to me. It's, it's a masterpiece. And you, you know, for me, the first thought that came to mind when you told me that, oh, I wrote the song for my stepson. I have to be honest with you. The first thing that came to mind was, wow, here's a black brother. Because we, we all know that in, in, in our culture, a lot of black men do a slice at yeah. <laughs> A slice at means you impregnate a woman and you literally slice her. You literally run away. Yes. You know, you, or you turn your back to that woman as if she impregnated herself. Yes. You don't want any responsibility. True. But here's a man, Sarami, who is loving his stepson like his own. And th- there is no denying the love that you have for him. Because he means so much to you. Tell me about your relationship. Um, I was once a stepson, not if not many times. None of the gentlemen that came to my mother's life liked me. They never liked me. I I, I grew up having different stepson, stepdads. And when I have to answer from my friends, who's really your father? You know, it would be difficult for me to say because tomorrow is not the same person. He's another guy. So I I decided that I want to be... This guy's friend. Now, the way we so connected, he and I, he called the first time he called me daddy. His mom was not happy. The mom was not happy. Why is he calling you daddy? Did you tell him to call you daddy? I was like, no, that's him. And you know, when kids love you, kids love you. Absolutely. You know, so that's how the relationship. And we're crazy. We before we we leave. When we before we go, we do this. This is our goodbye sign, and he goes to school. And then when I go to Bloom, and same thing. So. 
when I saw him not happy, maybe that was not the first time I seen him not being happy, but it was the night time we have to say good night, and you know, at least if he is like that in the morning, I can see him again later. But I was in bloom, so when I called and he's not happy, I decided I have to do something, and then I said, you know what? Please don't cry. I might be old. I might not live long enough to see you having your own kids because he's five now, and but. I know that that one is guaranteed. You will see. You will have your own kids. I don't have kids myself, so he's like my child. So I don't even, even calling him a step, stepson, it feels like an understatement because to me, he's my son. He's my friend. I don't have many friends. He's my friend. You, you, you know at this point I'm going to ask you to, to perform Tomorrow's Yours. Right? <laughs> okay. Um, I've never sang it live. I don't know if I'll be right. Of course you can do it with that voice, absolutely Please, please don't cry Please don't cry For tomorrow it's yours It's yours It's yours Oh, it's yours For tomorrow it's yours We have bled and died for you to leave and see Another day Please don't cry Please don't cry Please don't cry For tomorrow is yours It's yours It's yours It's yours For tomorrow is yours mm, mm, Just mm, a little mm. <laughs> Okay, yes. am, am, am I far off um, if I were to say that your voice reminds me of Michael Bolton? Oh, um, what's his name? Um, uh, Vusinova once said that to me. He said, hey, dude, you have that voice, man. You have that voice. Actually, that's my actually role model. In, in, in the world, I have two role models who are singers, who are international sing- artists. Seal and Michael Bolton. Bolton, and then in Africa, obviously, Salif Keita, uh, uh, Ishmael Lowe, those are the people that I actually look up to, and the, the men that I feel like South African industry really owes much respect to. Ndade Umanji, that gentleman, there was a song he used to sing, I don't know if you know it, um, called Baloy or something. Those are the people that I actually I, I remember Paranyana because there yes. was a, a, like a, a drama series about um, his life. Yes, I, th- I think there was a there was a, a tribute of, of of some sort. You must you must Google it. Thank, I have to look for it. And you know, technology al- allows you allows you to Google um, archives, right? Yes. So you should. And yes. I know there was a documentary. I cannot let you go mm-hmm. until you do Sam Smith's Stay With Me because I know <laughs> I know ladies won't forgive me if I let you go until you sing Sam Smith's Stay With Me. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so please, please, please impress the ladies. The please. funny thing is, the funny thing, let me tell you something. The yes. funny thing is, I actually got so many people married with that song. I know that. That's why oh, I'm asking you to, yeah. do, to, to, to perform it. Let me hit it. 
Yes, it's true, I'm not good at the one-night stand. But I still need a laugh, cause I'm just a man. This night's never seemed to go to plan. I don't want you to leave, will you hold my hand? Oh, won't you stay with me? Cause you all I need. This ain't love is clear to see. But darling, stay with me. Eh. Why am I so emotional? This is not a good look and some self-control. They don't know this never works. But you can lay with me so it doesn't hurt. <laughs> okay, and uh, yes. the ladies out there who want to know, uh, you are taken, right? You're not, you're not yes. single, right? You're not available. Ah, you're gone. not taking CV. The shop is closed. The key you're is not lost. interested. <laughs> you don't want anyone to come looking after you or pursue you, right? Uh, Sarame Siditi is taken. Yes. Okay, so the ladies must just forget about it. Ah, and, and you know what? Uh, now I found this person that I have being the person I marry because the first time we met, that's how I decided. And this is like, this is not like from a certain book, from some poem, from someone. Literally, I opened her door. She drives and I don't even know how to drive. She drives. I opened her door the first time we got off the car. She was going to collect me. We were raising money for her father. I know she doesn't want to be part of this life, <laughs> but I'm going to have to say, we were, we were actually uh, raising funds for, for her father. She, her father is a bishop, so he was going to preach in Iraq, so we had to raise money for, for him, actually Pakistan. So she came to collect me for a radio interview, so, so that I was one of the artists that were going to perform at the show. So, and then she comes, I'm like, she's Tswana, oh my gosh, and there's always this thing for me, and Tswana girls. So, <laughs> so we're off to the station. When we got to the station, I jumped. I don't know how, but I got out and I opened the door for her. She came. I was like, okay. In her head, she saw her man. And in my head, I opened my woman's door for the first time. And she didn't even know it yet. And then the rest is history. So you knew the moment you laid eyes on her that she was going to be your wife. Yes, and... One thing I noticed about me is that I actually had to learn so many things very fast because I'm not really this lovey-dovey person. I'm always like three months relationship done. I've never had a relationship in more than five years. So I decided, you know, I'm going to adjust. When I meet that boy or that girl that she has as a first child and the only child, I'm going to have to be a friend to that person. And when I get there, I didn't even have to pretend because I kind of felt somebody who, who actually always needed a father figure. And now here I am, the person who never had a father figure. I can be a father figure. Then I'm crazy like that with the boy. So we, ever since then and now, even this morning, is like, when are you coming back? I'm like, oh my gosh, thank God for this music thing. I wouldn't have a family. If you check my status on WhatsApp, is God gave me a family I never thought I would ever had. I love that. Sarami, there is no doubt your versatility and vocal ability is world class. As far as I'm concerned. But I think a lot of people share my sentiments. You have a super fan in me. I think that is evident. It's and I think wow. I've made it very and it obvious. And it scares me. Like, is she serious? I think I'm your number one fan. <laughs> I'm like, there I'm sitting with my friends like on Twitter. <laughs> 
No, I mean, uh, you, 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 you are, you are talented. I mean, if, if, if people don't have an ear for your talent and for your music, then they really need to get their hearing tested. Thank you so Thank much you so for much. spending your time with me. It's such an honor to be here. And I think, um, I open doors for other artists in the free state or anywhere in the country to please come and share their story on your show so that they can actually be known because my story is not the only story. You you and I grew up in the places whereby we have so many stories but and we sell our stories to people through our music because if I'm telling you that I was once this person, no mom, no dad, no whatever, it's not going to listen to it but if you listen to it through some song, yeah, and I, please, then you know, oh my gosh, this guy, and he's not, he doesn't even have parents. But he's living his life. So that's, that's, that's what I want. Please open doors for many other artists like me to come and tell their stories on this show. Absolutely. Thank well, you. So I open, I open my door to you. And I mean, here you are. And <sighs> you, you shared, you shared your story. But more importantly, this was your truth. Yes. Hence the title of the show. Oh. My truth. Yes. Right. You know. My humble opinion, after all, this is the opinion booth, but these words are in the words of Maya Angelou. You may encounter many defeats, but you must not be defeated. In fact, it may be necessary to encounter the defeats. So you can know who you are, what you can rise from, how you can still come out of it. Aspire to inspire before you expire. This is cliffcentral.com.